Hi everyone, my name's Steve Tudor and welcome to the Premier League Review Show. It's the show that wants Gundo to stay, first as a player, then as a coach, then as a manager and then as honorary president. On today's pod we're looking back on an immensely frustrating afternoon at the city ground before going around the top flight, wincing as results elsewhere don't go exactly to our liking. On the plus side, United fans now believe they're in the title race, so that's definitely going to be good for a laugh at some point. Joining me in anticipation of such mirth is my Premier League pal, Tom Young. Hi, Tom. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> I'm good. Premier League pal's a new one and I'm a fan of it. So, uh, yeah, I'm good. Um, like I say, results could have been better for us this weekend, but we we move on. We, we crack on. And uh, yeah. as always, we're, uh, we sit here, aren't we? So we never do things the easy way. So it'd be boring if we did, wouldn't it? It's nice to have a title race every now and again. Yeah, it does feel like... Um... I know it sounds incredibly arrogant and it's based on absolutely nothing at all, but when we were 1-0 up at Forest, I thought, yeah, we're going to win today, we're going to beat Bournemouth and Arsenal are going to collapse, as as impressive as they were at Villa. I really feel like we're going to win the league. And then obviously they equalised Forest and all the doubts come in. But when the doubts came in, they were accompanied by a kind of, you know, okay, yeah, let's take this to the wire then, sod it. Let's have another one of those kind of seasons. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I mean, obviously it can properly backfire such thoughts, but right now I just feel like this could be a really entertaining title race and I still believe we're going to win the league. I still think that Arsenal are going to blow it. Um, what we can't do because of dropping those points at Forest, we absolutely can't afford to lose to, to Arsenal when we play them. A draw... We could pick points up elsewhere over them, I think. But, yeah, we can't just gift them three points when we play them. So, that's in the future, obviously. Let's kind of look back at the weekend. And let's start, indeed, at the city ground. Did it feel, in hindsight, like it's just one of those games that City, given the style of football we play, the domineering football that we play, once a season, we're just going to succumb to a smash and grab? Did it? Did it feel like that to you? Um, a little bit, I must admit, it was, I, I, like I, I've just said to you before we started recording, I've not watched the full game, um, so I am only basing this, I've been away, um, for those listening who aren't aware, not that you would be aware, I've been, to Amsterdam, <laughs> I've been to Amsterdam for the weekend, so I've only just got back today before recording this, so I've only seen limited bits of football this weekend, um, but it did, did, Be honest, if uh, from from what I've what I've read and from what I make out, that we it was one of our kind of better performances. This, yes. This yeah. Uh, I think that makes it a little bit more frustrating that we've not gone on and, and picked up all three points off the back of it. But it happens. It, I think it's made even more frustrating by the fact that it looked the long parts like Arsenal were going to drop three points. Then then it looked like they were at least going to drop a point. Then they end up winning. And then we like, well, it's gone from being an opportunity to, to move three points clear at the top to all of a sudden being a, a position where we've ended up further adrift when it looked for, for large parts like the day was going to go completely opposite direction. So, yeah, for City, a frustrating one, a frustrating afternoon for, for Haaland, by all accounts, frustrating afternoon for City. But it's one of them where the performances are better. We've got the Champions League coming back this week. It's nice to see the performances are picking up. It's nice to see, especially, it's, it's even more annoying on the back of Arsenal winning the week that we've not gone and capitalised. But, yeah. like I say, the performances are getting where they need to be coming into the business end of the season. And hopefully um, the the 
likes of Haaland and Cole will will soon refine their scoring touch again, as we expect they will, and uh, and we can get we can get back uh, on some sort of or get on some sort of run for the first time this season. I read something the other day and I never actually cross checked it, but apparently we've only won um, the, our longest winning streak this season is three games, uh, and I'm not I'm not sure. I'm not sure if that in the Premier League. I'm not sure if that's factually correct. Probably should have checked it before we started recording. Yeah, so apologies right for that. There. But apparently, the longest the, the longest winning streak we've been on this year is three games, which for City is is bonkers. Still, so, um, yeah, it's true. So it yeah, is true. Like, yeah. Like, and yeah, that, we, not only not that, but won. only one, only once have we managed the three game sequence as well. Yeah, three. Yeah, three times we managed to draw one one, having conceded, having only faced one shot on target, like for the opposition. Right. So. It, I think against Villa, against Everton, and now against Forest, we have three times this season we drew one all, and on all three occasions we've only I think we've had over seventy percent possession in all three games, or over sixty percent possession sorry in all three games, and conceded only one shot on target uh, in all three games and drew all three games one one. So yeah, there's evidently an issue with putting these games to bed. Um, but yeah, for City, the performances are better, which is what we want to see. We want to see these improved performances. And hopefully, some that final cog can can click into place, and we can start winning more games of football. But yeah, two points drop for sure. I mean, there I am saying it's a once in a season kind of event, but as you just you know illuminated there, it's it's three times now. Um, he wasn't to blame for the goal uh, at the weekend, but it does feel like, and I'm, I don't want to kind of pick on Edison. Um, in fact, I, I'll I'll always defend Edison on on Twitter when people are having a go at him. It does feel, though, that there's so many occasions where he'll just have one or two shots to save and one will go in. Um, is that fair to kind of... I mean, the reason why we've we've drawn these, these games is not because of Edison, you know? He, what could he do about the um, Damari Gray goal at Everton, yeah. for, for example? But you know what I'm saying, though? It, it does feel like he is that kind of keeper where he has little to do, and then when he does it, he kind of lets us down. Is, is that fair? Is that picking on him? See, it's it's a strange one, the Edison situation, because I've always been a big believer that there's no keeper in world football that can do far quite or what Edison does. As but, I'm sorry, does sorry, sorry to interject this. I'm sorry, but just kind of, to, to kind of include in your, your answer to this, I don't believe that he contributes as much as he used to anyway as regards to distribution. I, I was just about to literally ah, right, okay. I was just about to say the same thing in that City's style has adapted recently more so over the last yeah. eighteen months. By where don't get me wrong, Edison's ability to play out from the back is still fantastic and still highly beneficial. It's just not what it was maybe yes. in that seventeen, eighteen, eighteen, nineteen campaigns where every attack would start with Edison and you'd see him involved. And don't get me wrong, he still does get involved more than the average keeper, but not to the extent that he once did. Mm. But then you think, and again, whilst whilst we can't really, or, or, or it would be harsh to say that Edison has had many howlers in his time at City because he's not had that many games where he's been directly at fault for conceding two or three goals that he's got to be saving. But he's also not a keeper that's pulling out them saves that you no, don't expect him beaten. to make. And that's that's it. it. It's it's that line between he's not a bad keeper, and I don't think there's many people who would profess that he is a bad keeper, but he's equally not an elite shot stopper. He's not a keeper that's going to win you points single-handedly. Mm. And in close title races like this, 
And I think we're quite fortunate that I don't think Ramsdale is that is that ilk of goalkeeper either who will win Arsenal points single-handedly either because I don't think he's that good a goalkeeper himself. And But in these close title races, and you look at Liverpool and maybe where they'd be in the Premier League if it weren't for Alisson, and you look mm. at you, you look across Europe, you look at your Manuel Neuer's, these, these kind of keepers... Edison's never going to win you seven, eight points single-handedly like these other keepers do, and that and that could well be the difference between winning and losing the title this year. So, if you're asking whether I think City would be better better suited with another keeper moving forward in the long term, I would probably argue that we would. Okay, um, yeah, because I I don't think it's too far-fetched the proposition that Edison is not City's keeper next season. Um, let's just put it that way. Um, and furthermore, as well, there are other keepers out there who can do what he does these days. It's the style of football we play, as you say, we're not so reliant on his distribution. But more so, I think the opposition now, the way they set up when the ball goes back to him, um, you know, they're, they're on to him, basically. <laughs> and that lessens his impact somewhat as well. Um, yeah, so it feels like it's we're getting at Edison. I'm certainly not, and you're not. It's just that. You look at these results and you do kind of start thinking, well, there's a weak link there. For it to happen time and time again, there is a weak link. And, and I think, sadly, that is Edison. Although he was not to blame, as I said at the weekend. Um, staying with the game, Haaland, when he was clean through, have you seen that? What did you make of that? You know what? I've looked all over. I've literally only seen the goals and I've seen that you put this in the notes and I think I'd read about it. I've looked on Twitter for it and I cannot find the footage of this. Right. I've heard people referring to it. Um, so I'd be lying if I said I've seen it. I've heard that it wasn't fantastic and there's not really much need for him to go down. But again, that's only what what um, what I've read. I'm not actually seeing the clip of the, of the incident. I mean, there's... There's definitely two sides to the story, but I'm just going to go with how I instinctively felt at the time. So, yeah, there was a hand on his shoulder. There was a slight pull. Could have thrown him off balance. He definitely went down too easy. And it definitely... I certainly wouldn't call it a dive because there was contact, but he was looking to, to capitalise upon that contact. He, in, in my mind, I'm certain he could have stayed on his feet. That's how I felt on initial you know, viewing of it. Um, and then later, I started getting angry because I was thinking, you know, the ref should have done something about that. VAR should have intervened. Um, the fact that they didn't think it was strong enough contact. I mean, he, you know, there's a hand on his shoulder. Um, and let's just say if that happened at Old Trafford or Anfield, you know, they'll be down to 10 men. Um, they just would be, would be. But, yeah, he could have easily stayed on his feet. Um, and he was clean through. And it really surprised me if Harland of all players to, to do that because... You know, all he cares about, he doesn't care about getting a player sent off and gaining advantage that way. He wants to be clean through against the keeper and score a goal. Like he's, he's a machine. So it really surprised me that he went to ground. Um, maybe that suggests that there was more contact than we believe because, you know, we don't know. We're just viewing it from afar. But it certainly looked like it was just a hand on the shoulder. You know, there was nothing more than that. Um, if, if I walked in the kitchen later and my wife does that to me, I'm not falling to the floor. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, he could have stayed on his feet. But, yeah. Um, so, I guess, like I say, there's two sides to it. I'm leaning more towards he made the right decision. But it frustrates all the same because you know that that same decision wouldn't have been made in other circumstances. That's how I feel about it anyway. Um, 
What about the criticism that Harlan got and Foden got then on social media? Um, Harlan for his miss where he kind of hit it into the ground and hit the crossbar, came out back to him and then he kind of fired over. Foden for, I felt really sorry for him because he got flack early on the season for not squaring it to Harland. That definitely played into his mind here. So he's clean through, he's got Harland to his left. Um, the square ball was the right option, but then as he bore down on the keeper, He's got to go for the shot. As soon as he took... Yeah. There, there was an extra touch he took. And as soon as he's, he's taken that touch, that's it then. He's got to be in that zone then and just kind of go go for goal. Um, but he, he went into two minds, obviously because of what happened early in the season, and then tried to square it. But, you know, in doing so, he stumbled. So they've been getting criticism on Twitter. I haven't seen much of it. Maybe I just have... I follow the nice people. I don't know. But, <laughs> um, have you seen any of it and... How would you respond to such criticism? I'll admit I haven't seen much criticism of of Foden. Uh, I've seen, I've seen obviously the accounts taking the uh, taking the piss out of Haaland. But you'd understand that given how good he is, it yeah. happens with them elite elite players um, in world football when they have one bad game, all of a sudden they become the laughing stock of of football. Um, and that that is what you expect. I have seen the Foden opportunity, and I think you've hit the nail on the head with the fact that. I think I think that that miss is telling of a man who is just low on confidence at the moment, a man who has not played a lot of football as Foden hasn't, and a man who doesn't want to upset Pep. Obviously, we've we've heard the the grumblings over the course of the last however many days that Foden is one of the unhappy bunch that that Pep alluded to with with the Cancelo rumors of him potentially even being allowed to leave if if the right suitor had been found in January, which I think is absolute. Tosh, to be honest, I don't yeah, think there was any chance was. Phil Foden yeah. was ever leaving the club in in January or any time soon, no. uh, any time at all for that matter. But uh, but yeah, I mean, for Foden, Pep came out obviously and defended him after the game and said he was really impressed with his performance. He had a really good game, and and that's great to see that Pep's obviously obviously backing his players as you would as you would expect him to. Um, for Foden, it's it's a frustrating one. It's one of them where you'd love to see that come off and make the right decision and, and obviously his confidence grow from there. Um, but yeah, it's there's going to be criticisms. People are always going to look for someone to blame. So blame Haaland and Foden too. So yeah, whether it's fair, I'm not sure. Again, as I say, I've not watched the full game. Um, from what I hear, City, one of our, it was one of my better performances of the year, just not in victory. So on another day, that Haaland... Dive in inverted commas is, is awarded as a as a red card. We go on and win the game four or five nil. Foden passes that ball, shoots, does whatever he does, and we win the game comfortably. And everyone's singing the praises. So mm. people are quick to point the finger when things aren't going quite to plan. But I'm not overly concerned about City at the minute. I'm not overly concerned about any individual players. Uh, certainly none of the players who played at the weekend. So so yeah, it's 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 one of them ones where you got to take them on the chin. But as we've already said, it's three times this season that we've we've took a tough defeat on the, a tough sorry a tough draw on the chin with with Everton and Villa as well so they're becoming a bit too common these these frustrating results where we're not getting that second goal and putting games to bed when we should be doing so yeah um frustrating point two points dropped for sure but fingers crossed the performances are there things are moving in the right direction and and we'll see City um kind of get on this run that we've been expecting to come and we keep saying at some point surely it's got a click we're too good just not happened yet but hopefully it'll hopefully it'll come soon 
Thanks for listening to the first 15 minutes of the show. To listen to the full podcast and all our contents, including reviews, previews, analysis, quizzes and much more, go to 9320.com to sign up now or simply click the link in the description. So what are you waiting for? Go to 9320.com now for the best, most passionate, impartial coverage of Manchester City and beyond.